Welcome back to another episode of the 100 Stories podcast by Sussex Innovation. This week, we are joined by Jade Orekoya. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine, I'm fine. How are you, how, how are you really doing? How am I, that is, that's a good question. No one really ever comes back with that. How are you really doing, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird times, I think. Um, I think people have been through it in all honesty. It's been like, it's come in waves almost. You're like, oh, okay, cool. We're going to be allowed outside again. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, you can't. But I guess with that, it, it has impacted mental health in some ways as well, like without even going into it. But like now I feel like there is an end in sight and it actually feels like a real end. Mm. So it's nice to have something to actually look forward to and to plan towards and be grateful for. Like this whole thing's been an absolute madness. I think there's so yeah. much to be grateful for. Um, yeah. And yeah, it feels like a blessing really to even be in this position and be like talking to you catching up you know um things like that it just it's foreign but it's also quite nice at the same time to just be kind of getting on with things um yeah. and seeing this kind of new time change but how are you like how actually are you I, I'm, I'm kind of like in the same boat I'm kind of grateful looking back over the past 12 months it's crazy it's been probably the yeah definitely the craziest 12 months I've ever had in my life. Because um, last year I was at uni, this time last year I was at uni. Um, and since leaving uni, I've gone through a million experiences that have changed me. Um, I've, I've lost parts of myself, admittedly, but I've also gained, um, I've learned things about myself as well. Um, I'd, I'd like to believe I've become a bit stronger mentally through that time. Um, I've realised a lot of things outside of myself in terms of family, friends, um, what, the things that are important. Um, and yeah, lo- literally so much has changed between this time um, last year and now. Um, and right now, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful that um, I was able to get through the 12 months. It's, it's not been easy. But um, yeah, I'm here. We're standing. We're we're definitely grateful, and um, and we're looking forward to to what the rest of 2021 brings. Definitely, this is it. This is it. It's crazy though. Like, it's weird how change has happened, but it feels like it's happened in such an odd way. And I feel like this last 12 months, any change that has happened has felt particularly heightened. so yeah it's a weird one I'm totally with you on the whole change aspect and like finding out bits about yourself and you know kind of actually mm. getting to know yourself what you're about um no I completely am with you on that one yeah. yeah um yeah so let's let's start off by um introducing you please can you state your name occupation and organization sure so my name is Jada Solo Orokoya um, my occupation is that the next one. Um, yeah. I work as a project manager for pharma and healthcare market research. Um, and what was the third one? Never uh, your organization. Organization. I work for M3 Global um, Research. Okay, interesting. Mm. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk a bit about your background um, and where you grew up. Um, and how you actually got to the position that you're in today. 
Jesus. <laughs> All right. Um, so my background and where I grew up. Okay, so um, I was born and raised in Brixton. Um, if you know Brixton, you know Brixton, you know what it's about. Um, and like even talking about it just puts a smile on my face. Like Brixton is just one of those places that just brings the fondest memories. You know, going to school up in Tulls Hill, being with all those jarring girls on the bus, um, just being annoying, really. Um, but yeah, that's me. I'm a Brixton girl. Um, I went to school, like I said, in Tulls Hill, secondary school, primary school, Streatham. Um, so yeah, South London really is a bit of me. Um, so to give you some context, I guess background, I don't know how far back I need to throw it, but um, A-level wise, um, I mean, I failed those entirely. I won't even try to defend <laughs> them here. <laughs> let, me, let me not even lie to you. You're not um, alone there. You're not alone there. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> you. Um, yeah, so I, I think I got like... Okay, so I remember my first year. That was actually very funny to me because this is how you knew I wasn't serious. I got my first set of grades back and I remember telling my mum, oh, I'd aced it. And she was like, oh, what do you mean? That's insane. Like, tell me. And I was like, no, literally, I aced it. I got an A, C and an E. Yeah, she wasn't sure <laughs> <for> that. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, when I actually finished my A-levels, I got a B, a C, and I think it was a D. I did. So the B was in sociology. C was in English. Like, can you imagine my first language? I'm getting a whole C in it. Um, and the D was in government and politics, um, which was actually yeah. impressive because I actually originally got an E and they remarked it and I got one, one mark more. Oh, okay. The upper grade. Yeah. So very proud of my D there. Thank you. Um, but yeah, with those amazing grades, it meant I got into Portsmouth um, and I studied sociology there, but it was, it was one of those weird ones where like, I just did not fit in in any sense like yeah. at school I was always that you know black girl who was listening to like what they would call white music I was going to festivals I was doing the most stuff in there um and I, I guess in a sense like I didn't really fit in with my black friends when I was doing my A-levels yeah. um but then I went to uni and it was also like still feeling like an outsider because like normally I guess what I would have been used to is I would have just chilled of, you know, people who maybe would have done more of the white things, if you see what I mean, which even saying it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I know what you mean. Just like basically, other, yeah, I do. I do. I think it's like just other things to what tip, what is typically exactly. um, activities that are typically typically done by black people. And it's which usually, in itself is, go on, sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's usually like um, minimized into, oh, that's, you're doing white people stuff or you talk like a white person or, whereas, no, you're, you just have different interests, that's all. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and even that, it's like, you know, you look back on it and it, to an extent you think, oh, is there only one way to be black? Yeah. Am, I do, am I doing it the wrong way, you know? Um, yeah. But I guess, yeah, my first year of uni, it was one of the, it was like the weirdest situation because... I then got to uni and I was trying to do, well, not even trying to do, I was just doing what was normal to me. But then even then I wasn't even like in with the white pals or like 
I'd go to, you know, they'd always call it the urban nights. And I'd be there and I'd be like, oh, what exactly is going on? Because yeah. I was just lost. So, yeah, I guess I never really fit in. And I really felt like I forced it. Like, if you knew me back in the day, it would have been weaves, long nails, lashes done. But just doing too much, if you see what I mean. So, anyway, um, I just felt like I wasn't fitting into any circles. Academically, I was actually doing a lot better than I, I think anyone even expected, even my mother, to be honest. Mm. Um, so, so, what, yeah. so at that point, um, mm. what was your career goal? Was you, what did you want to... Um, so you were going to university, but what was your mm. goal, a reason for going to university? Well, at first, I knew that I was really interested in social policy. Um, which is insane because I'd failed my um, government of politics A-level. Um, so, yeah, the end goal was always to somehow find a way in social policy. So that was potentially going into the fast stream and kind of being someone who just didn't really specialise but was a generalist and then eventually making my way through um, and exploring that as an option. But if you'd asked me in my first year, yeah, it would have been something along social policy, social research. That was always the end goal. Okay, yeah, okay, I see. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, go on. Go on. I was gonna, I was gonna continue your story for you, but <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool beans. Um, so yeah, uh, like I said, I was at uni, I wasn't really feeling like I was fitting in, I was doing better academically than I guess anyone could have guessed. Um, and I just realized that I wasn't being challenged at all, so I kind of thought, you know what, I might as well try and transfer unis. Um, and I did that so it meant I started my second year at Sussex University I'm still studying sociology which was again slightly different but it was I want to say that I felt a bit more comfortable but that was definitely due to the people I had around me um in my kind of in my halls it was like a mixed bunch of people mixed backgrounds and that was refreshing to me because I actually felt like I was relatively at home but don't get me wrong like in halls I was living in a very spenny halls and there was no way that that generally would have been me um so there was obviously that difference there but um no in terms of like cultures people that were around me the people that I was meeting it did feel a bit more diverse um but not as still not as diverse as I actually would have expected a uni to be if if that makes sense yeah. Um, I do still felt I did still feel as though I was kind of around upper middle class people who just had no life experience or no kind of like understanding of any other different trajectory in life at all. Mm. Um, and it obviously meant that they were closed off to things like I have memories of people who would like it was it would literally be like micro things. So it'd be like things down to hair and like the way you speak being like oh, okay, you actually sound, you know, the way you speak is a bit clearer than what I'd expect. Or how, how were you raised in Brixton? And you've got this background and you speak like that. And I'm like, what does that mean? So those are still things that I was experiencing or I'd be with certain people and they're, you know, talking about their lives and how difficult it is. And there's no way you can quantify that. Like everyone's going to experience things differently. Yeah. But it just, yeah, it was just an odd one, I think. Um, but yeah, started at Sussex, second year. I'm doing sociology still. 
things are a bit better than my first year, still not the best. Um, so I was like, do you know what? I've moved twice. I might as well move for a third time. So yeah. I did my third year. At, <laughs> I moved to Sweden, to Lund University. Um, and while I was out there, I was doing sociology and social policy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I forced the social policy bit because I still wasn't slack. I just wasn't slapping there either. Um, but no, that year was definitely a year that kind of like refocused me as a person. I was somewhere where I was so foreign that it really right. made me look inside and understand who I am and be comfortable with who I am. Because I feel like up until that point, being comfortable with myself just wasn't being felt. I was still yeah. trying to force it in certain groups, trying to like downplay aspects of me, which just was not necessary. So um, yeah, my third year was definitely quite a pivotal year, I guess, talking about academic years. Um, I just realized I'm going through all my academic years. You probably just wanted to be like, wanting me to- No, go, like, no, I'm enjoying <laughs> it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really, I'm really going in, huh? Um, okay, so that was my third year. Came back to Sussex, finished off my fourth and final year. Everyone knows your fourth and final years on dissertations. Yeah. I love doing that. Uh, my dissertation was actually into second generational migratory experiences of African people in the UK. And now that was a load of fun to write. I um, really enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, then I moved on to do my master's in social research methods, um, which was actually really interesting. And I really, well, I mean, it was interesting, but I hated every second of it, but that's completely fine. Um, but it then gave me the skills and I guess the tools really that I needed to get into my workspace. Um, so my first job, well, I guess not my first job, but my last job I was at was probably the biggest like job I'd gotten in terms of adult life. Um, and I started as a kind of project assistant, but I wasn't working in pharma at that point. I was really doing like healthcare, consumer, B2B, technology like that kind of research so it was pretty wide quite general um but as I continued working there I realized that my actual main interest was into the research into kind of health and pharma and the way like a product could be brought to you and they're like oh could you help us do the field work for this we want to know why people want this this and this um what would they prefer who would they like us to target this to so, um, yeah, pretty much just finding out what my interest was there meant that I got into this role. Um, so, yeah, as I said at the very beginning, I'm now project managing pharma and healthcare market research. Yeah. Okay. And that's where I am today. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's a very um, interesting journey. Like, you've definitely gone through a lot of experiences um, in different and each of them are in different um, areas and, and each of them would be completely different to the previous. Um, how, would, how was your relation with, or your understanding of race um, uh, between each of those checkpoints in, in your journey? Yeah, I mean, I look back on it now and... Because just to give some context, Brixton is a very predominantly um, black Afro-Caribbean, area, like, Afro-Caribbean, yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah. 
Um, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I've grown up, like I said, born and raised there. So in my head, I, the culture is always around me. Like, there's no way I could feel foreign if I'm walking around in Brixton. Like, if in terms of comfort, that's probably somewhere where I could feel the most comfortable. So moving from there to Portsmouth, you know, I, I mean, like I said, I was, I guess my interests weren't like stereotypically my friends of colour were doing so um like going to Portsmouth I kind of used to play on that because I thought okay like I wasn't accepted back at school so maybe this is how I need to play myself up while I'm here at Portsmouth and like honestly it's the saddest thing like because you know when you just you're not accepted in that group but because you're not accepted in that group you try to go like try to revert back to what you're actually used to but you pretended to be this other person for so long that it just feels a bit foreign if that makes sense yeah, yeah um so yeah i think definitely in terms of like my understanding of race and racial awareness um i think my first year of uni is something where i wasn't like subconsciously i was conscious of it but you know further towards the top i wasn't as conscious about it and my second year of uni is when I started being like, okay, there, there is a difference here. But like I said, there were more cultures around me. So I was able to, not even like, this is probably not the best way to word it, but I was like able to dabble in both. Like I wasn't just restricted to white friends. I wasn't restricted to my black friends. I was able to like have that, well, have a bit more of a natural mix. Um, so that was quite refreshing in itself. My third year, as I said, I was the most foreign, like, Looking back at my friendship group while I was out in Sweden, I would probably say, well, there was myself and another girl. Um, she was mixed race. But those were, well, we were like the only two people of colour in our group. So you can imagine like being that person for the whole year, that would definitely grate on you. And it's kind of like you didn't want to downplay aspects of yourself. I kind of wanted to own me, if you see what I mean. So um, that's when I actually became more aware of it and was like, hold on a second, why is it that I'm like denouncing parts of myself to try and fit in and be this other person that I think is probably going to be what's going to be accepted? So yeah. my third year was quite pivotal in like realizing that. Um, and then, yeah, I came back to Sussex and that was actually a pretty decent year. I think being so like submerged into like literature and just reading so much about like migratory experiences and like the differences that are felt amongst generations and how you internalize that or how your parents have internalized that on top of getting in with groups like I2 and Sussex and just like decolonizing Sussex groups like those really helped me to kind of re-embrace myself and understand yeah. who I was and actually just appreciate that um, yeah. and I felt like that was my, definitely my year after my year abroad and my master's year were two years that I felt like okay I actually am getting a grip of myself if you see what I mean which is like you look back on it and you think what how old was I then maybe I think I would have been like 23 or something it's a shame like trying to realize who you are at 23 is a very late stage in your life you've got a lot of catching up to do you've got a lot of things to read up on um but yeah I guess you just need to take the opportunity and like when it slaps you in the face it slaps you in the face yeah you're like all right here we go like I, i'm actually just going to go back to me mm. and i and also i would i would even say it's a time thing because when when you 
when you look at it in hindsight, it's like all of those experiences, all of those experiences that you had before you came to that um, realization mm. helped you actually reach that point. So if you didn't have any of those pieces to the puzzle, you wouldn't have the final picture. No, this is, I mean, <laughs> I've never actually looked at it that way. Um, that is, yeah, it's definitely a refreshing way to look at it because I guess when you're living it, you're just living it. Mm. But when you actually take the time to step out of it and look at it the way you have, of course, it all plays a role. Um, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't even looked at it like that. Okay. Um, how was it how was it to transition um from an all-black company yeah. where you were the majority race to um a company where you would end up being the minority in the minority you know at my first company yes it was pretty like it was a small team um i think there are about probably six of us of the six of us two of them were white <laughs> um and you know what it is it just feels like it really does give you that sense of empowerment because my boss was a black woman it was yeah. her company she started it from scratch um so seeing that is just like she's shattering all of these ceilings and the refreshing thing is she was so empowering to us as well and it would be the smallest things like she would open you up to so many opportunities. She'd be like, okay, yes, you're doing this now, but you have this skill. So let me put you in business development. You've got this skill. You talk a lot, Jads. Okay, cool. Let's move into sales. It would be the smallest things that it would, it would raise you up. And because all of us were black, we were all like, do you know what? Yeah, we can actually do this. There's no one on top that you feel like uncomfortable with. That's like, oh, you know, maybe they're going to give it to this other person because this, this, and this. It was really, it really did feel as though anything that you did get was genuinely down to the merit that you put in. It was nice having someone who looked like me at the top. Um, but with that said, it was also interesting to see like how, like no matter how far up you did get, there would always be people around you who would look down on you. So like we'd be in the office and people would still be like, um, you know, are you sure that you're meant to be like that kind of energy? And she's like, yes, this is my company. These are my employees, you know, and it's, it's just, it was also not like nice seeing it, but it was also like, okay, cool. So this just isn't something that's in my head or something that people are like, oh yeah, so in the workplace this happens. It's like, you can see it in real life. But the way she balanced that was what was something that I would always, that's just something that I'd always appreciate because I don't think often in the workplace for most people you'd have a black female boss who owns yeah, the company no, no. and it's like she's it, yeah it was honestly just an amazing thing like you'd go into work if you're wearing a scarf no one is going to question that come into work with a scarf put your bonnet on underneath your scarf like no one was going to question it there wasn't oh you've got this in your hair today or oh, how do you say your name? Or and if you even if you told them how you how to say um, your name, there wouldn't even be like, can I call you Jade? It would be like, this is my name, you know. Yeah. And another thing that was refreshing is if someone ever did try to come at you and defend, like what try to get at you for anything. Like I know that my name is definitely something that has um, played a major part in in terms of like my identity politics 
um, because I mean, like all through uni, you know yourself, you call me, I, I've just referred to myself as Jade. Um, and it reached a point where I was like, hold on a second, my name has a lovely meaning and my mom's given it to me. And I shouldn't like try and make other people comfortable and make myself uncomfortable through doing that and just accepting them absolutely just ripping my name to shreds. So it was quite refreshing having someone who was in that position to be like, no, put your foot down and tell people that this is how you pronounce it and like this is how you're going to be referred to because at the end of the day like that is you asserting also your authority and like making it clear that you are also someone that should be recognized with as much respect as anyone else Mm. um so it was just in some ways it's probably the best thing that I could have done after like I I got this job before I even handed in my master's I finished that early and then started working there And it was probably the best thing that could have happened to me, being exposed to the work-life situation, but from that angle, because it really did feel as though anything was possible and there really wasn't that ceiling that would have, like, held me back at all. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that, that was just... I guess that was, you know, the experience of working there. But like you said, yes, I have now moved into a company that is... Yeah, that is, I definitely feel as though I am the major, uh, minority there even. Yeah. Um, if you look at our, you know, if you look at our whole team for EU alone, there are probably about two people who are actually black working on the team. Um, and it's, I mean, it's actually a bit, abysmal that you've got such a massive team and there's two people who are black um and then if you know that's just the eu team we've also got the us team and we've got you know our team in japan and it's like there really just isn't that diversity enough at all in my opinion and you know you're kind of at work and it's like you do you do feel as though you need to work that a little bit harder and i feel like that is the case if you are in these spaces like you do need to work that a little bit harder to get the recognition and the appreciation that you deserve and it's like no one wants to take you as seriously um or it's like you feel bad almost because you're doing the work and you feel bad you're like oh my gosh no but what if they're conscious of me like not doing it and then you know or if I'm doing a project and it's just going awfully it's like if I get frustrated they're like okay jazz let's not get angry and I'm like I'm, I'm not angry I'm just you know I'm expressing my frustration at how ridiculous this situation is yeah. so again it's like those are those are things that I guess you always you know everyone hears about it but until you experience it yourself you don't understand just how it, it is actually quite upsetting because it's like no matter how you try and get yourself across there's always mm. going to be someone who interprets it the wrong way um, and that's yeah. definitely something that I'm grow- like growing to kind of navigate in this new space. And, you know, as I mentioned, my name is a point that is actually quite key to me now since leaving uni. Um, and it's, you know, where I've had this situation in my last company where my boss stepped in and actually corrected the client and was like, this is how you say her name moving forward. Please, you know, make sure to correct yourself. I've now moved to a company 
and they're like oh you know maybe maybe joke about it and just tell them that's not how you say your name or you know are you sure that is really that important because we don't want to lose this client it's like you is this is this a joke or um so even those that experience in its own it's it just feels so foreign so you know there are definitely parts of me that like I said is extremely happy that I did do kind of going into a black company first and then moving over because yeah it's the experiences are so different and it's like the way you have to be so much more conscious of the way you present yourself as well and because of that I do feel like that just swings me back to my you know my first and second year of uni where I'm also trying not not saying that I'm anywhere near that at all but it's the same kind of feeling where you're like this is a foreign space to me and I am trying to navigate that and just understand how to be and being conscious of how I'm getting myself across or um, and I guess it, there's an added difficulty when it is all done remotely and online because it's like oh god what if I'm typing and they think I'm too blunt or if they think I'm just rude and have no manners I mean hopefully I don't give off that energy when I'm typing but it just yeah. there's so much more to be conscious of and yeah. in terms of progression I do feel like it's potentially a bit li- more limited like having spoken to quite a few people on the team it does feel like if you are someone from a minority background like you're just not taken seriously enough at all it's like you're putting in all this work and they'll say okay cool there's a chance for progression here and by the time you know it they've given you a thousand and one excuses as to why you can't progress then someone else comes in the team and they've taken a role that's senior to you but then they don't look like you if you if you see where I'm coming from and it's just like frustrating because you know that you've put in the work you've put in that work and demonstrated that you're definitely able and capable to smash the job that they were trying to get you to fill so yeah it's draining so um yeah I don't know I feel like there's definitely without a doubt different feelings that are felt in both spaces um but it just comes down to the way you navigate it and I think the longer I am staying in this company, the more I am like, okay, maybe this is something that does need to be There needs to be a change. Like, yeah. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, no, I, I get what you're really saying. There needs to be that. a change in that aspect. Um, I kind of yeah. identify with that as well because um, recently I changed my name, the, the way I spelt my name. I added yeah. an accent on, onto mm-hmm. it um on all of my like professional um platforms um so that would kind of help that process of of me um, or like lessen reduce that process because obviously it's expected that you know i my name is an african name it's nigerian yeah so mm-hmm. i'm aware that not a lot of people would know the proper pronunciation um but obviously yeah it's um it's something that means a lot to me. So yeah. it would be nice if, if when, when I do say my name, that it is, um, it's used in, in the proper way and not, and not um, remixed in order to make mm-hmm. you feel comfortable. This is it. But even like, obviously putting on the accent makes a lot of sense. And I actually think it's amazing that you have done that. Like I know that I, have changed my names like when 
I was first enrolled at Sussex, I'm pretty sure it was just Jade or Okoya, and that was not my name. So I had to change all of that. Obviously, adding my middle names as well, because we know I've got plenty of those. Um, but I think the name is a tricky one because it's, it kind of gets to a point where you're like, okay, cool, we've had this conversation now. I've told you how to say my name. So why are you still getting it wrong? And I remember I had a master's class where I was telling them, because I had applied to do a PhD um, and gotten a place and everything. But I remember going to kind of seminars and, you know, pitching why I thought this was a point of importance. And I remember I had this one guy, to give you some kind of like a top line summary of what this guy was like, he was like, 60 something old well yeah old white and he just like felt as though I was attacking him and I was just like it's it's really as straightforward as just educating yourself a little bit and having appreciation for the diversity that we should be experiencing here and it's just like yeah it frustrates it really does frustrate me that we have to go through all these lengths just to get something as simple as a name right um like I could I could go into this for ages because like I have written on this a lot but it just doesn't make sense to me it's like how how is it that someone else feels like they have the authority over you to change or like give you a nickname when you've not given them that go ahead we've not established that relationship with them um and yeah I cannot tell you how many times that happens in the workplace and it genuinely frustrates me about twice a month at least like it's just it's it's I mean I think potentially if you've not read up on it you don't understand how important it is to someone especially like Yoruba names have backgrounds they have meanings so there's a lot of importance there's weight that goes into it you know you probably have had a name and ceremony there's been family who's giving you names so like to then take away from that that is very offensive to me and then for you to be offending me like that that much at work as well it's like where exactly are your manners you know yeah 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 um what advice do you have for um, young people of color that are getting into the professional um, world getting into the professional space where obviously in a lot of instances they might be the minority hmm Ooh, that is that is a heavy question, Adi. Um, yeah, I know. I, I, yes, it's it's a very loaded question, but I want to give like I, I want to be able to give some type of uh, I want people listening to it to take something away and for them to use your experience and your story um, to to their benefit in some way. Um, because obviously, I think both of us are kind of in the same boat in that we're kind of young uh, professionals at junior, well, you're at a manager level now, so, <laughs> um, but I'm at a junior level, so mm. even for me, I would, I would like to, to, to hear that advice, and, and, um, and I'm sure a lot of people listening would, would, would be very valuable for them as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess... One thing for me that I'm coming to realize, especially in this role, is code switching or like switching in general is draining. There's nothing like, of course, you have to act professional in the workspace, don't get me wrong. 
but your professionalism doesn't then leak into aspects of you like being professional at work is you being professional at work being you is not going to take away from your professionalism so I feel as though and the advice that I'm constantly giving myself every day is to unapologetically be you like I will go on to my calls. If it's a team meeting, obviously I'm not going to jump on the client meeting in a bonnet, but if it's a team meeting, these are meant to be your friends. Like, be you. And I feel like the way you come across, like there's actually no need for you to be as conscious about it because you are probably doing the right thing and being as professional as possible and keeping that face as well. So, Yeah. yeah, I do feel as though... It's, it is draining and tiring trying to put on a facade or like playing a role for the workplace and like trying not to show enough of yourself so I feel like showing yourself is probably the most important but just yeah like I said be unapologetically you like own it embrace it go on to calls with your braids in don't do your edges if that's not what you're about just things like that you know mm. um that's just my advice like, I'm I'm so tired of trying to navigate spaces I feel like I've said that phrase quite a lot but navigating spaces is long and draining and boring and I'd rather comfortably be me and be someone who people appreciate me for being me I'm honest no yeah I feel that I feel that that what are your thoughts though because I feel like it's always interesting to speak to other people like on a on a daily basis I don't have these conversations with people you know so it's like you, you, I know that you've mentioned you're having similar experiences, but what are those experiences and how do you kind of like understand it as well? I, I, I'm just curious. It's interesting yeah. to know. Um, yeah, I'd say like the way I kind of look at it, I, I have had negative experiences where um, people have the people have tried to um, take away like your your British identity. Um, mm. uh, I've had you know people mispronouncing names, um, and you know you have instances where uh, in the professional space people kind of um, take that professional uh, almost interact with you in a non-professional way, whereas mm. you wouldn't do that with other people. Yeah. Um, so kind of take you less seriously than others or kind of assume that your, in, your interests are in um, stereotypically black uh, things like, yeah. you know, assuming that you only listen to rap music or you only do certain things. Um, obviously, I do listen to rap music, so <laughs> they're right to an extent. But at the end of the day, it's an assumption it's based true. on you you taking you're taking it from elsewhere. You know that is that I have not even expressed yet. Um, but yeah, I, the way I navigate it is um, I always kind of remind myself who I am. Yeah, um, exactly. And yeah, I have a lot of pride in who I am. Um, so in any of these instances, I always, um, I always, I never try to change that part of me. I always try to stay true to myself. 
Um, and obviously it will work against you in some instances, work against you in <laughs> a lot of instances, actually. But yeah. um, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm fake or I'm not being myself in order to please other people. Because as you said, that's very exhausting and it can only go on for, for so long before um, you get tired of it. So, yeah, and, and as you said, um, having those examples of representation at senior levels where um, people are actually themselves, they're, they're, they're actually performing who they are, their, their identity in the professional space and they're successful at it. Um, um, I always look to those type of, types of people um, as inspiration as a, and as role models. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I know it's possible to do. Oh yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, you don't really get to have frank conversations like these. Yeah, no, that's 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 the good thing about this podcast. It allows us to like have these conversations and um, also like educate people that are listening about your story, especially because even though we're black people, your story is very different to mine being a black woman. So of course, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's even educating me as well. So. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you being a guest on this week's episode and really, really um, appreciate, you, uh, appreciate you taking the time out um, and also wish you the best in the future. Thank you so much. Oh, I really felt that. Thank you and you too. No, it's been, yes, flattered. Flattered no to you on this week. <laughs>